0: To a very special edition of Upfront. It is such a unique episode. We are literally in the arse end of a Wetherspoons uh, for a very special edition. We are on the way shortly to the Emirates for what looks to be a sellout game against their big matchup with Chelsea. And we've got some very, very special guests with us. We've got Tara and Zoe. Um, I mean, obviously, massive, massive Arsenal fans. We're so excited that you could join us on the pod today. We love having guests on, don't we, Rage?
1: Yeah, it's especially special because we're squidged into the smallest booth currently available two hours before kickoff mm-hmm. in an absolutely rammed spoons. And, guys, you've kind of been responsible for pulling sort of this together in some ways. I know you both have different journeys in the Supporters Club. Tara, you were um, – what was your role last year? Previously,
2: I, for two seasons, I was Secretary, or wow. Interim Secretary. And yeah. Zoe,
1: yours is currently? I'm now the
3: Chair of the um, Supporters Club. Wow. Okay,
1: so talk to us about today and, and how this has come about.
2: So – yeah i mean i i think over the past few seasons we've been trying to grow a community of being able to like pre-match meet, um bring people together new and old and i think sort of the we started it last season but these guys have been able to really um move it forward this season and so yeah i mean from a supporters perspective they put the 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 word out of the pre-match location and um people just come here to enjoy talk about the game pre-match um and get everybody together
3: really. Yes, yeah, so it's kind of the pre-match party, everyone gets together, you like, make new friends, see old friends, and it's a really big part of what we do, so building that community, making people want to be part of something. I think that's why we're so successful, because it's like that belonging, and football is so high, especially women's football, because sometimes it feels feel quite inaccessible, but this is that place where everyone belongs. And yeah, and I think it's part of the reason why our are getting so high, because of what we built pre-match. Um, I mean, obviously,
0: I know that we've started in a Wetherspoon, but I'm assuming that's not your normal match day routine for an Arsenal game? It well, could be. Is it? Actually, do you just start Don't the day judge. with a pint and head on to the Emirates? <laughs> is, but could you walk us through sort of what
3: happens on a, on a match day for you guys? So normally the Emirates, we go to the Tollington, so that's right in the stadium, it's kind of the Arsenal pub. So we usually get there for opening, at 11am, start the party there. We're usually there for like an hour or two, and then we start seeing in the pub, kind of create the atmosphere right from the very beginning. And then there's a fan walk which goes from the pub to the stadium and let's everyone chanting and everyone singing away to the stadium and outside we kind of get everyone involved they like get new people and then inside the stadium it continues in the concourse. course so when you went to the tollington pub i know uh, i mean we, leah williamson
0: I was, was say, pulling is, pints is there before the end, um, like your regular yeah the she room? appeared at the pub since or have any other arsenal special guests appeared I at the pub she- since
2: I don't think it was, I think it was a surprise guest appearance that not many, very many people knew about. Take and I think credit, she, guys. <laughs> I think she also um, tricked Kim Little into coming in on that day as well. She told Kim to meet her in a location and then Kim turned up outside and Kim was like, oh, we're at the actual other where all the, <laughs> uh, all the supporters are. But I mean, no, it's wonderful that the players can engage with the supporters like that. I think a big part of the last two years has been um, having better communication out there for supporters, new and old coming into the game. Um, and I think when you've got that communication out, and you can feel like you're embracing a community. The players love to get involved with it as well. Mm. The likes of like Lotter at Brighton last year, and Leah coming to the Tollington, um as well as like Steena and Kaylin giving us a song last last season as well. Um, and I think they can really feel it, and that's what's the most important thing. You see it on the pitch though. Like sometimes during the match, um, you'll see
1: them kind of reacting to some of your chants, uh, especially post-match. You see the players come over. Not that it's unique because. We know how much fans are how important fans are to, to players and to clubs, but there does seem to be a really special connection with the supporters club and the players. Like you can see how much it means to them and how, how much you've driven them. When you look at last season, Arsenal were threadbare at best at points, deep into European competition, still pushing for the league. How important did you guys feel in those moments?
3: I think especially when they're not doing so well, with the injuries last season, I think for us, it's like how we can get behind the players, be like the 12th man on the pitch. Mm-hmm. I think even like Leah Wilty said a few weeks ago that we're part of the reason she stayed and renewed her contract. because a connection with us. So I think we're, I think yes, as a 12th man and getting behind the players, no matter if it's bad on the pitch, is good.
2: Yeah, we had to, we had to rally around each other, like and and the new, the players that came in, whether they were new or um, you know played on the bench post that season we had to make them know that we were fully behind them and I think actually it brought us all together a lot more last season you know going through the ACL debacle going through all the injuries and at points we were at bare bones um, and I think it really rallied the fan base and the players together and they heard us even more. I don't know if, not that they weren't listening beforehand but they really paid attention. Um, last season
3: I mean, even, even this season with Chloe Lacasse her song's going viral now oh my god
2: it's so catchy
1: it's yeah. amazing it's can you so give us a so rendition yeah I'll, I'll sing it with you oh <laughs> <25. laughs> ah, here we go this is what you want a match, one <laughs> that's like baby shark that's just gonna get stuck in your head and just keep going it's, it's
0: ace i love it well i think it's songs like that that really kind of build the atmosphere in the emirates i mean we've just consistently seen the crowds and crowds going obviously today's supposed to be this, the big sellout game um, you know, yeah, um, w- too, anyway. we s- you seem to be doing a little bit better than Chelsea in terms of the attendances coming to, to Stamford Bridge. I mean, why do you think that is? Why do you think it is so consistently good at the Emirates? So the atmosphere is so wild.
2: I think it's been a journey, really. Though um, I think over the last two seasons, um, you know, you need to give Arsenal credit. They've always been at the forefront of thinking ahead. I mean, pre Euros, they were putting, you know, announced games at the um, at the Emirates. They wanted to have that transition. So that was really important. And I think that we've just been able to build on that and have a cohesive approach, like they've been um, you know, talking to the fan base. What can we do to support that? and it was a lot it's been a you know a journey it hasn't been necessarily like easy it doesn't happen overnight and i think moving from that pure just like one east End, um those five thousands in block 16 17 to be able to sell out the lower bowl and the atmosphere be able to sit, shift behind the bench um you know it's just created that marketing opportunity for arsenal to then push forward and i think that's been you know the cohesive approach from both the fans and the club do you speak to other fan groups and do you think because you touched on a journey there
1: and i think a lot of clubs are maybe on different stages of their journeys you know we're seeing the teams like brighton slowly growing and, the, and their game against you was obviously a huge number for them as well do you speak to other fan groups what can they learn do you think from you guys
3: i think I us talking about the fan groups is really important right so all together working together to drive the game because if the game grows it also benefits arsenal in the long run as well so Juliette Scott did an amazing podcast this week speaking about how it's important for us to grow the game as a whole, so like getting attendances at other clubs. So Brighton, they're quite new on their journey and they're not really affiliated with Brighton themselves, their mm-hmm. fan group. So as they come to us for ideas, like how can we get more our attendances? How can we make the experience better for our fans? So And there's the FSA Women's Game Network as well that works together on different initiatives.
2: Yeah, I mean, the FSA Women's Game Network, big shout out to sort of Deb Stillsworth. Um, They do a wonderful job at trying to connect all the fan bases, um, discuss, network, what is everybody doing that's working, what barriers have people got? And we fully appreciate, listening to them, that other supporters clubs have got barriers. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we've managed to overcome those barriers. but. We want all the fan bases to grow, um, and you know, similar to like the away game followings and the sort of segregation. Mm-hmm. It's not a segregation in women's football that. You know, is about hooliganism. And it's the segregation to create communities, mm-hmm. and that's the really important thing. And I think other fan bases will get there, um, and we want to support that as well, don't we? Because I'm guessing it makes your experience better if you're in a, an away end and you you're. It's being
3: given back to you by the home fans, and you've got that proper rivalry atmosphere. Because even at Man United away, it was one of the first away games of the yeah. season, and the atmosphere. I mean, they were booing Russo, but, but the atmosphere was amazing. It was electric, even from the home fans, the away fans, the banter, mm-hmm. and that's we want to see more of. That's what makes people want to come to games to be part of that big rivalry. I think rivalries are important, right? Like today, it's been massively hyped up, and for a reason, we need to see more of this.
0: And when you sort of look at, um, you know, when you're going to these games, I know there's sort of there's a change in relationship between fans and the players sometimes. And you know, talk about these rivalries. I know some players kind of give it chip and they kind of like encourage the crowd they're like that, and you know, give them all the hand signals and things. I think back in the day, you used to have, you know, fans coming towards the edge of the pitch. They would, you know, shake hands and have ho- ha- like, photographs, uh, signatures, that kind of thing. Do you feel like access to the players has been quite limited as the sort of game grows? And do you think that sort of impacts the way that fans sort of interact with players? Do you feel like actually you wish it was sort of the good old days where you could sort of like get a photo with your arm around, you know, Williamson and things like that? Or do you think it's just part and parcel of... Things progressing, that yeah,
2: I absolutely think it's part and parcel of uh, things progressing. I mean, it was wonderful, great times, being able to have that access to the players. Um, but at the same time, we all want the same narrative of women's football being, you know, be able to stand on their own two feet, feet being able to, um, you know, get the crowds in. And ultimately, you know, a small sacrifice of that is the players aren't going to be able to please everyone all the time. And you know, fans hopefully respect that and. Um, they will do what they, they can. I, I think it's so special that we had those moments and we'll still continue to have small moments like that. They'll just be smaller. Um, but it's we, we need to be in a forward thinking mentality here. And I think with the game getting more professional, um, you know, we're talking about a game years ago that was slightly less professional, um, that you had those opportunities. But with it getting more professional, then we need to like treat the players with respect. But still, they still engage in the way that you want them to engage. Um, and, and that's been really
3: important as well. Also, it's important to work with the couple of new initiatives. So Man City done this amazing autograph alley. They picked up 30 fans to meet the players. And thats I, I spoke to Jude and Man City did an amazing job. And I said it's really helped increase our fan engagement. Also the players though, right? You see the videos on TikTok, Chloe Kelly getting harassed at the Man United Games. And that's not OK. So, I think that's another massive issue we need to look at, like fan behaviour. And getting that balance right between the fan engagement, but then also people behaving properly. I guess as well
1: your relationships with the players evolve as the game has evolved too, right? So as the game grows, the fan groups grow, it doesn't mean like, I know you were saying, like you you maybe don't have that direct connection as you had before, but your relationship has evolved to a point where, because it's already established, the players then recognize the work you're doing, the singing you're doing, They'll come and dance at the end of a match to a chant, yeah, or in some yeah. cases, if you're a of woman, tell you not to swear. And yeah. um, <laughs> during a game, <laughs> that's proper lotter. But like, it just shows that like you still have that connection with them, yeah. Regardless of it not literally being a, a selfie, maybe.
2: Yeah. No. Definitely. I. And I think that, you know, the players have been. In- continue to engage with us in their own way the club have continued to engage with it with us in, in their own way and I think just recognition has been really important you know I know sometimes you don't always get that and that's okay too because ultimately they can't do it all the time they have a job to do and that's to you know play football try and win games win games today hopefully and um, you know they've got to focus on that but the more that they do engage with it the more that you know it just rallies us guys to keep on going um and i think that them dancing in front of us or singing the chloe lacasse song on the socials this week I think just shows the connection between the fans, players, and the club, and it's been really important. Can I just ask one go final on, question? Go on,
0: squeeze one in. For on.
1: supporters' clubs and, and the journey you guys have been on, are, are days like this just made extra special? You know, you've almost, almost got a sellout at the Emirates. You're playing Chelsea. What a match that is! It's always a huge battle. You must really relish moments like this.
2: Yeah, I think we were saying it a little bit before we started recording this that um, I feel a little bit emotional that we've got to this point, and Zoe's like just builds. Saying like she's just so energised by it, and I think that that's really important. We have come a long way in women's football, and actually, a short space of time. We hope it continues to grow. Because
3: even a year ago, you wouldn't see this. No.
2: In the place of a year, like we've got
3: hundreds of people here in the pub right now. And that's, you get the, the whole game, I mean, in terms of attendance numbers, yeah. which is at the free match party.
2: But yeah, as a supporters club, as the unofficial supporters club, like the shout out to like the Red and White, the home and away gang, that have really been pushing the community aspect, um, as well as the supporters club doing the, some of the stuff behind the scenes with the club I think it's been a whole sort of accumulation of club players supporters and I think it's amazing to see today
0: OK well thank you so much for that I think on that note we should probably get a shift onto the game
1: we should indeed I hope you enjoy it whatever happens 2-1 win for Arsenal there you go didn't <laughs> even need to ask we didn't even need to ask <laughs>
0: what one man and his dog attendance is to now being a part of one of the biggest support fan groups for football I've ever seen in my entire life I mean I can't really hear myself think there's about 17 different chants going on at one point and i absolutely fucking here
1: for it um, how, how does it feel? I think my first Arsenal game was at um, Boroughwood obviously back in 2012 uh, just after the London Olympics Back in the day. and we were very excited to go and see like Kelly Smith and Alex Scott and Emma Byrne maybe a couple of hundred people there one camera <laughs> I don't even think I'd upgraded to the camera yet <laughs> one I still had, Polaroid had no idea what I was doing <laughs> I hope that's changed I'd like to think I know a little bit more about what I'm doing now um, but this is wild absolutely wild I think it's almost a sellout. and like to be honest I don't care what stadium it is it's in a main stadium a game in a main stadium almost you know a sellout you've got this kind of atmosphere It's exactly what you want right ah, it's not bad
4: yes. right.
0: thank you so much for joining us uh, i appreciate it. it's such a busy day for everyone um we kind of just wanted to get your perspective i think on basically why Arsenal consistently getting these kind of crowds and why we're seeing these kind of record-breaking attendances I mean Arsenal pretty much have the monopoly of it with a third record on tap today so yeah from your perspective why do you think that is?
4: Yeah I think a lot of it's to do with the history of Arsenal women as well like a lot of clubs I think are starting or have only just started that journey whereas Arsenal have got a good 20 years behind them coming up to that um, I do also think it helps that we play in Islington like a fairly kind of liberal borough I guess and you know getting people to come to women's football as well but I do think the lioness factor helps as well so having Beth Mead having Leah Williamson having Alessia Russo when those teams are read out today those are the the names you're really really going to hear but I think I know you guys have spoken to them today already but the supporters groups have put such a focus on the social side on the meetups on making people feel welcome saying we're going to be here before the game if you've never been or you're on your own come and talk to us and that's where the focus has to be really because a lot of a big barrier for people to coming to women's football is not having friends or colleagues who come so forging that kind of social bond has really really been critical i think
0: and in terms of kind of some of the commercial factors i mean even if you're not a massive fan of women's football, you can still appreciate Stella McCartney times Adidas kit. I mean, it's absolute gold. And then when you sort of look at you know the way that they structure their ticket sales, that you know 50 pounds for five games at the Emirates. You've got a sort of the, a, the, a new sort of um, way of advertising things on the website with social media. They use their own colour schemes for the women's games. I think all of those kind of factors play a part in it as well? Would you say?
4: Yeah, definitely. So I know Arsenal have a steering group where basically they've just taken resource from. The marketing department, social media, uh, press, commercial, just all pulled them together. And I think one of the things I've been told anyway that the staff at Arsenal are and really motivated by, is this is quite a new space and it's, there's a lot of room for innovation in it. And I know a lot of the staff feel like, okay, the men's game runs to a real template now and obviously that's that's great to work in but there's room for creativity in the women's game and like you said the Stella McCartney kits my sister rang me up a couple of weeks ago and she was like how do I get one because she read about it in Vogue you know and, uh, and, and that's that's kind of getting that kind of crossover cultural crossover I think is so important as well
0: I think um, I mean, I'd have always put on the spot at the press conference on uh, on Friday when someone was saying okay well When you look at the atmosphere now, you look at the fact that we're getting these sellout games. Should we be seeing Arsenal playing at the Emirates, every single WSL uh, and Champions League and FA Cup fixture? Um, And he sort of gave a very guarded response, sort of, you know, we are sort of working towards that. But I mean, from next season, given what we've seen this season, should we be exploring that? Or do you think there's a risk that it's maybe still too early and that, you know, lower league or lower level teams will still not generate the kind of interest that some of these big matchups will?
4: Yeah, I think it's probably a bit too soon, maybe logistically, because there's, there's stuff about licensing and how many games you can play here, and the scheduling's complicated with the men's team and all of that. But I think it's coming. Arsenal's deal with Boreham Wood runs till 2027, so I imagine that's a bit of a deadline in the club's mind to think, what's our next step? Can we do this by 2027? Or do we need to extend at Boreham Wood for another couple of years? The current deal with Boram Wood is for ten. It was for ten years from 2017. Whatever happens next, it will not be a ten-year deal with Boram Wood. So, if there's another deal at all, so I think 2027 is maybe a more reasonable kind of deadline. I don't think it will happen next season, but I think you'll still see that hybrid of games uh, between here and Meadow Park.
0: Slow and steady, basically.
4: Essentially. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: Front is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more.